Okay, we ready? We are ready. All right. Well, this is strange in a new voice, but welcome to the D&D Grandma podcast. My name is Kristen, and I am here with the cast of D&D Grandma, and we're going to do a little Q&A. So thank you so much, cast. I have a few questions for you, and I guess we're just going to start out generally with everybody except for Grandma right now. So I kind of just want to go around the table and find out when did you get involved in playing in D&D and what drew you to it? And anyone can answer first. There's no order. I'll go first. My husband had been playing for about a year and nagged me and nagged me. Babe, you're really going to love it. You're going to be you're going to be so good at it. I know you're going to love it. And I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to play. And then he slowly tricked me into it. <laughs> well, come on. Let's just sit at the table for a little while. What if you made a character? What would that character look like? And it was like all <laughs> hypothetical until he actually had me rolling dice. I don't know how it happened. But that was essentially what it was. <laughs> I was so, right, though. You were good. Yeah. Victoria's tricked. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoodwinked. <laughs> I started uh, five years ago. Mm. How long have we been living in the house? Four years. Four years ago, yeah, I started about five years ago. Uh, I wanted to try it for a long time, but I didn't have a group that I trusted to play with because it's such a personal thing. And um, <coughs> a group of friends at a barbecue were talking about it one night, and I went, you know what? It's now or never. So I said, yeah, I think I'd like to try that. And day one, man, fell in love with it. And within six months, I was writing my first campaign. I've been DMing ever since, never looked back. That's awesome. I think I'm responsible for you two. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he just can't. Oh, almost like three years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, he said, maybe you want to try, you think you want to come over, we'll do like a family game where you don't have to worry. It was a little overwhelming when you see the book. <laughs> and then you see all the different <laughs> shaped dice You go, how the hell am I going to get all this straight? But he was very patient, he still is very patient, and it's fun when you see a character you made, it starts growing. Awesome. And you can have fun with it. And... Especially when you want to like, <coughs> kill something. It's pretty cool when you go further up the levels. You get a lot more damage each time. I didn't think I would like it. And I really enjoyed it. It's great stress relief, especially recently. You know, you're tired, you had a bad week, and then when you have this schedule, it's like, okay, now I could take it all out, and no one gets hurt in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I think we got you too, Laura, right? Um, yeah. So I guess I've been doing it about two years now, right? I feel more. I think so? I, I joined after the family game started. But we'd only played one session. So you started at basically it, at the same time. I would say uh, yeah. I would say maybe like two and a half. Like it wasn't much later that you joined the family game. Yeah. Yeah, so I heard you talking about it and you were talking about your spells or something like that and I was like wait what is that and then I started asking questions because it sounded cool (laughs) and then yeah Victoria was like hmm let's bring her along really carefully (laughs) she she took took on the trickery started by then she kind of (laughs) did and then um and then I remember I I sat down with Vinny one-on-one and I was like, oh, he pulled out the book, and I had the same reaction as Denise. I was like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I was like, if you think I'm going to sit down and read that book cover to cover, you are out of your mind. And um, 
He's like, no, no, no. He's like, this is for me. So he sat with the book and he just started asking me questions. What sounds cool? What looks good? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I started asking, I started answering and we built a character. And I was like, she sounds pretty neat. <laughs> I was like, all right. So then, yeah, we sat down well, and started playing. So everybody was hoodwinked, basically, yep. is what I'm getting. <laughs> You're was like, welcome. I want, I want yeah. family to play with me. The like, master hoodwinker. Uh, You're master welcome. Hood okay, D&D Grandma, one I am more. so excited. One oh, one more. Anthony, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. When uh, Denise mentioned that uh, Vincent wanted to start some role-playing game, I was kind of interested, like fantasy mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then when I heard that uh, my mom was going to be involved, I I was already hooked. I spent that evening looking at the monsters that he might be throwing <laughs> at us. And I was like already trying to think of a character that was going to deal with these monsters and all that. Oh, you did it in reverse? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was so I was, already, I was already hooked in it, but when he said... She was involved. Wow, I was like, I'm all in. That's awesome. Yes. That's really cool. And I can't wait. I have I have some questions for you later that's going to explore that mentality a little bit. Oh, cool. Uh, just sneak peeks. Um, <laughs> so I can't believe it. Uh, sitting to my right is the D&D &D grandma. She is absolutely famous worldwide. World acclaim. So I have a question for you. So <laughs> she's got to go. So I, I just need you to take us into your mindset for a minute. Your children are all talking about D&D. &D. So how did it start that you got involved and you wanted to come and do a family game? How did that start for you? Okay. I'm going to tell you the truth. When I heard about D&D, &D, mm -hmm. I poo-pooed it. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. You know, at the beginning, Vincent didn't say anything for me to play. You know, it was just them. And then all of a sudden he said... I think he spoke to Denise and said, what do you think? She said, oh, I don't know, I'll try it. So then he invited me, and I said to myself, I'm going to do it. That's a lark. You know, I don't think it's going to be my thing. Mm -hmm. So now we come, and I do it, and I said to myself, well, this is kind of fun. You know, I wasn't into it 100%. Right. I said to myself, this is kind of fun. And in the back of my mind, I said, I could be with them once a month. Mm -hmm. And it would be so nice, you know. Until then... Mm -hmm. Then the game hooks you in. You know, whatever you felt during the week, whatever uh, if you felt down or if you felt uh, like you weren't doing your best, which is, you know, everybody goes through that. All of a sudden you do this game, and how about that? You got into the game and you are actually getting the bad guys or. Uh, I hate to say it, but killing, <laughs> you know, and all that, and all of a sudden you're getting all that out of your, out of your system, and you're feeling good. You say, you know what? I did something good this week. This week was terrible, but this Saturday was great. You know? like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, uh, so that's how I got into it. That's I, amazing. I, I'm amazed sometimes that, that I'm into it, and I'm amazed that the, all of them, <laughs> all of them want, want, or enjoy my company that isn't the most amazing thing for me oh my God, of course. and yeah. just for the That's podcast the family thing. she is as beautiful and endearing as she sounds it's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> amazing not right now now she's making faces i take it back <laughs> so um i guess this goes out to all the kids 
I am I am a child, of course, myself. I have a mother. And I know those of us that are listening, sometimes we don't even have the patience to show our parents how to work a TV remote. Um, this game <laughs> is, is complex. So what made you think to teach your mother the game? And was she a good student? I think that was actually Victoria's idea to, to, to bring mom into it. Mm. on the first session. Mm. I think we were talking about like the effect it's had on us and the positive uh, effects it's had on our psyche and our emotions and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Victoria who said, you know, I think this would be good for your mom. Mm. And I I believe I was skeptical at first. I went, you think mom can handle this? Because I know how complicated it is. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the best decisions we ever made was mm -hmm. to bring mom to the table. Because I could see the effect it has on her. And uh, in terms of, you know, having the patience to teach people, the style, everybody has their own table, their own way of running their game, their own magic, their own energy. I run a very loosey-goosey game, and I don't micromanage, and I don't care that my players are learning on the fly. And, you know, essentially just it, tell me what you want to do, throw the dice, and we'll figure it out. Like, I don't ask mom to memorize anything. I don't ask anyone really to, to go all that in-depth. We just, just tell this, just tell your story. Like, just know who your character is, tell your story, and... That's kind of how we did it. We just mm -hmm. be very give them a, give people room to grow and be themselves. I think for me, like as a family, I've noticed that when Vin tries to tell mom something, like she might not always understand. And I think that it's not a negative, it's not a dramatic disconnect that you can sometimes see. But he'll be saying something, and she'll be like, "What are you talking about?" But like for me, for some reason, me and communicate well. And when it came to learning nuances of the game, I was always able to explain them. Mm -hmm. So, like, we've actually had, I mean, I'm being very honest, we've actually had sit-downs before everybody else has come, and we've done practice rounds. Mm -hmm. Okay, this guy stands here. What does that mean? Okay, that means I can do this, right? Yes. What else can you do? And, like, we've actually had almost training sessions beforehand to help with memory, to help with ideas of how to play the game, and we've done it together, and I always enjoy working with men and helping her, and I think there's a lot of patience, but also willing to learn and communication yep i'm still learning everybody is so I'm much still D &D. everyone's so still much. learning so <laughs> much it's everyone. not easy i'm still learning but enjoying it even being the one at the table that everyone looks to like because i'm still learning every day i learn awesome denise anthony do you want to because i know anthony you commented that you know once you found out that your mom was going to be involved what what's it like teaching her the game is she a good student Oh, it's excellent watching, <laughs> watching her play. You see another you know, side of her. Uh, see another yeah. Side. yeah, that is yeah. another side. That really inspires <laughs> me. See her laugh, and that's oh most important. It's a real family game going here. That's great. Here, here. So I'm gonna go back, Grandma. I know there's gonna be some parents that are listening. How do you feel this game has brought you closer to your children? And what kind of advice do you have for parents when their children ask them to do something that might be outside their wheelhouse? I'm going to answer the second question first. Sure. I think go with the flow. If your kids say, you know what, I want to do this, unless, of course, it's dangerous, which then I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, let's say it's a game. Try this game. You're going to like it. Try the game. Mm-hmm. What do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. What do you have to lose? You're, 
You don't like it? Fine. You spend one day with your kids in a different environment, thinking differently, looking at your kids differently. You're doing something differently. They're looking at you. You don't like the game? Okay. That's your choice. Nobody's mm -hmm. saying you got to stay in the game. Try the game. That's awesome. That's great advice. That's that's my advice. I'm sorry. What was the first thing you <laughs> So how has this game brought you closer to your kids and, oh. and your adopted children? <laughs> Got a big family. Yeah. It's, uh, how did it, I think it puts me on their level mm -hmm. where maybe before they felt, well, you know, that's my mother. You can't say this or you can't do that or you can't. It's inappropriate or whatever they may feel. Mm -hmm. I think it's brought me to a different level with them. And I could enjoy certain certain things with them, certain decisions. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. And my adopted children, <laughs> okay, I am just too lucky. That's all. That's all I can say. That I have been very, very lucky to have that kind of son-in-law, that kind of daughter-in-law, and this kind of daughter-in-law-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and there's hugs really? going around the table. <laughs> I can't say any more. I am just very lucky. I will Excellent. say, I think that this was all kind of, this was all born out of the fact that mom and I, I know that, okay, first meeting this family when Vin and I were just first dating, mm -hmm. like the relationship between mom and Vinny and Denise were friends. They were friends. They were adults. They had a lot of respect for each other already. They would share books between each other. Did you see that movie? Oh, I hate that movie. No, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like they had things they already shared, already loved. And they had that foundation that when they took it to the next level of, you know, hey, let's do this. It's almost like having a movie night. Mm -hmm. once a month it's like having family dinners once a month and it really is we all eat together right mm -hmm. but this is like the next level of spending time together as a family taking that next step and diving into something that's more creative someone might say you know well let's spend time with my family we have dinner once a week or whatever okay great oh well i spend time with my family we go to church together once a week okay great but this is a different thing this is an entirely different mindset when you think about a game day and you're enjoying that much your family on a game day right it's it's just been it's a it's a trip it's you add more li more lives to your life, Ma. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it. But the, the, the feeling that I have when I'm just lucky. I'm lucky. That's all. So are we. Yeah, so are we. So, conversely, I asked for the parents' perspective. Now I'm going to ask for the kids' perspective oh, because I know that there's, you know, children listening and um, something that Vin expressed before, he really didn't have a group before. So I'm sure that there are children listening that want to get their family involved. What kind of advice do you have about maybe approaching the subject or making it happen for the kids around the table? In general... I find a good way to get the conversation going because there's still such, for people who aren't part of the gaming world, there's such a negative, like, stigma around tabletop gaming that 
is being broken, but we're, there's, there's still people who think a certain way about it. So if you're dealing with that or you're afraid that people are going to have that kind of stigma, I start with like backdooring it, like trying to find other connections. Like, do they watch Game of Thrones? Do they watch Lord of the Rings? Do they like the Conan movies? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And then start, well, have you ever, like, is this somebody who likes performance art? Have they, you know, done theater before? Because mm-hmm. uh, the best way I've ever heard D&D described is that you're, you're in a play that it takes place in a Lord of the Rings type fantasy world and you're writing the story as you act it. Mm-hmm. That's, ex- that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you're just using dice to decide the outcomes. And just sort of see what connections you can make and backdoor it in there. And I think, I don't know if it was with you or with Mom, but I kind of ran like a very simple, like, okay, so you open the door. Yeah, it's part of the trickery, yeah. yeah you open it's the door part of the trickery. What would, trickery. what would you do if you were standing here? And be like, well, I would do this, right? Well, okay, do you want to write that out? And I'd be like, oh, like, yeah. It's part of the trickery. I know what you're doing. Yeah. You open the door and that's there. Oh, cool, babe, we're playing D&D now. See how that works? Oh. <laughs> Or you could just guilt trip them that you don't see them enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what it's I got from my For the podcast it's family, just so you know, Laura just cast some eyes on Victoria <laughs> when that one happens. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, if we're going to get right into that, it's like, how do I say? We were playing as a family. Laura was on this, uh, in this table. But I guess I always felt such a deeper connection because she was my sister. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, like, I have all this history. Of course, mom has her history with them. They've been married for 25 years, right? Plus. 26? <laughs> oh, jeez. But, like, oh, jeez. But, like, you guys have been married for so long. You have such a foundation of family. Having my sister here... It was unbelievable that I had mm. that connection. Absolutely. So, yeah, saying I never get to see my sister anymore. Mm. And then when Laura wasn't able to join the beginning of this podcast for work and everything like that, it was actually really sad. It really bummed me out that she wasn't here because I wasn't seeing her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the first day, first game, everyone's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Whatever. And I'm like, I miss my sister. <laughs> like, I was like, I really miss her. But, you know, I mean, not to pull away from the subject of this question, but like... It's a really good way to like say, "Hey, just come and hang out. So we'll see what connection. happens." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you really you're you're bringing them in, and I'm not trying to say everyone's going to respond to that. Every parent is going to respond to that, but to be able to offer it, there's really no harm. So. Just to the women in the room, it's no secret that D&D is still a very male-centered game. So do you ladies have any advice for women that are looking to break into the game? And what do you feel that a female perspective adds to your game? Oh, I'm sorry. While they're, while they're contemplating, I'm going to go first with, I never thought it was a big deal. Because I know women who play. This game is for women and one guy. You know what I mean? We've always been a very female-oriented group already. So to me, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. It's not a big thing. It's why can't women play? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So that's just my little perspective, and now you guys have fun. (laughs) Oh, Uh, good, good. Do you know what you were saying? No, I'm still (laughs) forming it. Um, When I first started playing, I was with a different group that was mostly guy-oriented. And I think they they, uh, approached it that group in particular approached it where you know we're we're very methodical we hunt we kill this is how they this is how they looked at the game and I think for me when I was able to join this group and and look at it 
differently. First of all, you're with family, so you're more inclined to want that other person to succeed. So for me, I was like, okay, it's not all about me. I don't have to inflict the mass damage. It's more about talking and developing a theory together and then supporting the rest of my team and and, and how does that look so joining Mm -hmm. a a team that was more female oriented um, just allowed me kind of the more creative side of it rather than like the more methodical like what do we kill next kind of thing you know and and that was kind of eye opening for me because one of the first things that I ever did was I had all these spells and I was like, okay, well, you know, this spell doesn't do that much. This spell doesn't do that much. But then all of a sudden I went, oh, wait, at that time, Anthony was playing this incredibly amazing fighter character, but he had to be right on top of someone. T-Rex. So yeah, T-Rex. T-Rex. So then at some point I went, oh my God, wait. And what's funny about that moment was, is that Victoria and I had the exact same thought at the exact same time and said it simultaneously together. I was like, oh, I can I can turn T-Rex invisible and he can go do the damage because I don't do anything, but if he can get close, he'll, and he killed the guy in two swings. And I was like, oh, this is fun. It was a little eye-opening for me. I was like, this is going to be fun. How can I assist everyone else? How can I help them so that as a group we're succeeding? And I think doing it as a family, you're far more likely to want to be a little bit more selfless in that approach. No I in team. Yeah, there's no I in team, but doing it as a family, you're more inclined to be like, I want them to succeed, or I I want to get there all together, you know? You you can let your inhibitions down in your family. I think, like, with D&D is is a fantasy-based role-playing game, so, and I think with magic, your warlocks, your wizards, your sorcerers, I always thought that magic in the fantasy world was more headed by women. Hmm. And I think if you can emphasize that more, and I think we do, I'm a fighter, but I'm also an eldritch knight. And then... Yeah, I'm always like a druid or something like that. Something like that with a lot of spells. And I think that is a good emphasis to, you know, try it. You want to kill somebody? You want to turn somebody into a toad? Or you want to <laughs> give double damage because of this, that, or the other? I just try it like that. I'm not trying to stereotype that women should only be the wizard or the warlock or the sorcerer. I mean, because I'm a fighter now and I'm working my way through that. I think maybe at one time women didn't feel safe to try D&D because mm-hmm. of the negative stereotypes from mm-hmm. 30 years ago. I hope that if you listen to us, maybe try. (laughs) I agree with with that because my first character was a wizard, and that's where I almost felt like I had to start. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a caster. I'm going to have the spells. I'm going to stand in the back and cast things from a distance. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd see Anthony's character go up and just just hammer someone Mm -hmm. with a great axe and just be like, Oh, I want to do that. You know what? Women should have weapons. And now, yeah, exactly. (coughs) And then, as like my other characters that I choose, changing into animals and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, I, I, I I think my entry was exactly like what I thought was kind of the more stereotypical stereotypical woman. What's interesting, like going off of what Laura just said, is like I play a paladin in a different game, and. I automatically said, but a paladin is a man, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in my head, 
a paladin in full plate? That's a man, right? Like, yeah. I wanted to be a... Uh, you almost made that character a man. I almost made it a man. I was like, oh, I'm going to play a man. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? No, I'm going to play a woman. And I kind of created her backstory as she's hiding as a man. Mm. But I, I, I felt as though a big big burly man with a sword that's what i envisioned i want to play a big burly man in a sword and i wound up being like no she can be a woman she can do it mm -hmm. you know and it took and it took a little bit for me to actually overcome it because i wanted to do it justice yeah it took me a while to be like yeah i'm taking a sword this time yeah i'm gonna be ruthless yeah. with it i'm gonna get up and it wasn't right. like it's not yeah. easy mm -hmm. Right, because even my first character was a ranger with a bow and arrow. Yes, and I loved her. And you're still thinking, yeah, I'm going to be in the back. In the background, and I'm going to be part yeah. of nature, very mm -hmm. mother nature-like. The swing around, now I'm a fighter mm. who has a bad attitude. <laughs> and it was kind of hard to bring her out, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. But it comes out. Yeah. And it's it's great. And it's usually you don't want to get up in melee. Like, yeah. I actually remember a while ago... Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stand all the way close to him with my sword. Right, oh, right, oh, okay. Right. How am I gonna handle that? Ooh, he might hit me. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like you you exactly. have that mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah it takes you bring that to the game because you, you know, because of stereotypes. I hate to sound like it. I don't want to get on my soapbox, but it's true. Oh, there's all gonna be a chance later. You know, <laughs> this is a thing. This is what's been ha always happening to us. You know, we. Yeah. We put ourselves in this box. No, that's a man's job. No, that's a man's name. Ba, 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 ba. When I came to the game, I never thought of it as man-oriented or man. Uh, they have to do. They had to be the leaders. I came in saying, all right, this is me, and this is who I'm going to play. My son and Victoria helped me a lot with it, and I, look, I got the book, and I said, this is, we, this is who I'm going to pick. Never thought in my mind that I was going to be a lesser character because I was going to be a woman. Oh, mm -hmm. no. I never, never. thought that you know what? So right. I never thought of it being a man, like a man's world. Oh, no, I thought Like that. a man's world. I never thought of it. I'm going to be it never came to my That's mind. That's awesome. And I think um, yeah, each lady here has brought up a great, great point. Awesome job, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to direct one just to Vin, our dungeon master. Um, I think... Everyone on this podcast and even at this table can agree that your world is amazing. It is vivid and it has so many wonderful details. Where do you get your inspiration from? <laughs> In general, with uh, the way that I run, my inspiration literally comes from anywhere. I'll hear conversations in a restaurant. I'll write down a name. You know, just I like that. I want to use that. Um, so in general, it's everywhere. It's books. It's movies. It's it's TV shows I watch. It's conversations that I overhear. It's places I drive and I see city names. Like I like that. I'm going to use that. Mm -hmm. it, Victoria will tell you it never shuts off. Like I'm just mm -hmm. constantly looking for inspiration. Specifically, the story that the podcast is telling. Uh, this game. Uh, this story. This world was written specifically to celebrate my mother's love of classic horror stories. Mm. Uh, that's So I pulled a lot from the old Universal Monsters. I pulled a lot from uh, 80s slasher movies, the Hammer Horror films, Stephen King novels. Those are people who are listening up to this point. I'm going to assume you're current on the podcast, or if you're not, go back and listen. But... Um, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon has shown up in this game. Those were the river creatures you guys fought. Uh, Talbot House was my Amityville horror. Dr. Balthazar was Mr. Hyde. 
the Dream Demon was my Freddy Krueger. Uh, we just mm. got finished. We just got finished playing the Blair Witch. So mm. you guys, uh, which oh those of you who didn't catch it, that was that was my version of the Blair Witch. Probably. He I caught it. Said. I caught it. Got it? Yeah. I caught he flat out said, "What is this Blair Witch?" And I was like, "Well, I know this already, so yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Blair Witch. I caught it. So and I mean, there's so that's and I'm just I figured out. I'm just trying to see how can I tie all of this into a general narrative thread. And um, I do have my end game in place, but that's all I'm going to reveal for right <laughs> that's now. There's uh, an end game. Okay. No <laughs> specifically, yeah, that's where the inspiration for this game came from. Awesome. So I have another just for you. So I know being a DM has to be nerve wracking. You mm -hmm. have 100 balls in the air at a time. But along with that, you have your family sitting around your table mm -hmm. who are gaming and who are learning. Mm -hmm. So how do you ensure that your players are having a good time and realizing their full potential as a player, as a character, along with everything else you have to do? That's a combination of kind of understanding the personality you're dealing with and also being able to read people on the fly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's I have five players in my game currently. Might be going up by one. But uh, I have currently have five people at my table. That's five different personalities. That's five different ideas of what D&D should be. Five different ways of enjoyment. And you have to kind of adjust on the fly at times and cater different elements to different people so everyone gets fulfilled. Um, I've noticed uh, personally, and there is no right or wrong here. It's how you enjoy the game is how you enjoy the game. Nothing is better than, than anything else. I've noticed that Denise and Anthony like the fighting a little bit more, whereas Victoria and Laura tend to, f they're going to follow the breadcrumbs, they're going to follow the story. I like to say that they follow the story, Denise and Anthony follow the XP. That's <laughs> where, where, where can I go kill things and level up? Whereas like, where's the big bad? Where's this going to lead me to? Uh, and yeah, mom's the easiest one because mom's just happy to be here. She's just along for the ride. <laughs> wherever this goes, this goes. So she, she's the easiest one to run for. So I... I kind of try to mix it up a little bit. When I first started running, I was very combat-centric. It was just, okay, here's this, kill it. Here's this, kill it. Here's this, kill it. And I started to swing in the other direction, and I've noticed that when sometimes I have to, like, okay, I've done way too much story here. Denise and Anthony want to fight something. I need to give them an encounter. So then I'll bring a random encounter in so you guys have something to kill and everyone's happy. <laughs> so it's just it, being able to improvise and adjust and read your players and know when you're starting to lose someone. Let me turn the dial on this aspect a little bit. I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to keep everything. It keeps them drawing. Yeah, it's great. And, and that's what keeps you interested in yeah. the game. Oh, yeah. Because if you're not doing something, you're yeah. going to get bored and you're going to get. But uh, you know, that balance. Mm hmm. It's great. It's really easy. Yeah. Then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no one on the podcast is, could see the Twitch. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no way out. So no I'm going to oh. shut Vin off for a minute and I'm going to tell you put on earmuffs because I'm talking to the rest of the cast for this. Mm -hmm. And this is out of game, out of game. Out of mind. I need you guys to spill the tea on your DM just a little bit of what frustrates you most about your DM. I have so much to say on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> about your DM, not your husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. your DM, not your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I think like what you said before, sometimes the narrative gets just, a, I guess for me, 
a tattoo. I do like to go and stab yeah, them. Yes. <laughs> a little more often. A little more often. Denise, that was terrifying. <laughs> See what this game has done. Because literally, I'm podcasting, you can't see it, but she's like, I like to stab things often, and she's stabbing something invisible at the table as she's saying it. Yeah, if you read her mind. <laughs> squish, squish, squish blood. What about you, Anthony? What frustrates you uh, about your DM? Uh, actually, nothing at all. I love what he does. He gets everyone involved. We're all beginners in cer certain aspects, and he just keeps us going i feel that's the most important thing that was a nice yeah. political answer to anthony yeah. <laughs> he's like i'm still playing this dude's game yeah, i don't know right. <laughs> <laughs> not ready for a beholder so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it's just it's because of him that's why i'm involved so awesome and the most important thing is we're we're, we're at work doing our nine to five or whatever and it's good to get out from that, get into our imaginary world. That's how I feel. Very true. I want to get into my character, man. Awesome. Victoria, what frustrates you about your DM? Like DM. See, this is my problem is like, I, I have to say there are very, very few things about his DM style. But as the husband, I have to deal with the DM. Drives me. Something no. for a different podcast. Something for a different <laughs> Can we have a later question? Like, what's it like to play with your husband? It, it might be coming. It might uh. be coming. No, no, for that, it's like, but um, for that, it's more of like, I like maps. I'm very visual, so I prefer more maps. And he likes to do theater of the mind. Mm. And there's times I get confused and he loses, loses patience for me. Because mm. I'm his wife, he expects more out of me to pay attention. And I'm like, dude, I'm reading a spell, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. And it's like, I, I can't be locked in at every second, because I have rampant ADD. <laughs> so there's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, well, where am I standing? And he loses patience, and I'm like, dude. Like, you know, so like, I, there's a little bit of husband issue in there, but there's also the fact that I like maps, man. <laughs> right, that's maps. very valid. Like Laura, <laughs> what frustrates you about your DM? Um... Oh, oh, she's up to no good. I know. No, no, space. no, no. I'm not up to no good. No, I, I think the only thing is, is that the, the longer I, I play this game, I feel like sometimes I think I have a great day where I'm like, oh, I, I know exactly how the spell works. This is what happens. And then, and then this is going to be the outcome. And then sometimes I get that DM rolling where it's like, nope, you're completely wrong. You can't do it for X, Y, and Z reasons. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, but it should work. In my head it works. Why doesn't it work? You know, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. you can't get your sneak attack on that. Why not? I want it. Like a three-year-old throwing a temper tantrum here. <laughs> you know what no I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So like, What do you mean there's some trees? Give me some trees to exactly. hide these things are like you, you know it's trivial really because it's more like a frustration with like still being a novice and and learning it you know sometimes i think i understand a spell or how something works perfectly and then i realize nope totally read that wrong so so um so it's just you know still things to overcome still things to learn but i mean overwhelmingly you know it's it's a great experience, and, and you know those frustrations are few. So, yeah. truthfully, D and D grandma. <laughs> truthfully, nothing. If I'm going to nitpick, I would say he thinks I know more 
than I do. <laughs> and he's so, you know, so I think he's surprised, he gets surprised when I say, mm, you know, we sing with each other, no, you do this. Maybe because he expects more from me, I don't know his thinking, but he thinks I know more than I do of the game. Okay. Do you? Yeah. Vin, this no. was not bad feedback. <laughs> you are you're allowed to come back. You're into allowed the room. to come back into the room. Um, Anthony, this one is just for you. Oops. So your character of Tor, he is a complete tank. He walks in. He always gets the job done with a few smashes. He's larger than life, and he's really an amazing character. How did you go about creating this character? This is actually a two-parter too. I was into the Goliath, and I knew they were bald. I figured I'd just, you know, just add something different. That's really cool. And if you can get into Tor's mind right now, because Tor, Tor is a superhero. He is be he is bigger than life. Mm -hmm. Who would Tor's favorite superhero be? Tor's. Tor's. Tor's favorite superhero. Wow. That's a cool question, Anthony. That is a cool question. Well, there was a Marvel character, Samson, with red hair, who was strong. Mm. You know, the longer the hair got, the stronger he got. If someone cut the hair, he'd be weak. Ooh. So I figured do something like that. I wasn't going to go with the green guy. Yeah. <laughs> or I wasn't going to go with the, the rocks. <laughs> that stuff. So, but, yeah, something different. That's really cool. Isn't? Yeah. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Denise, yeah. your character is another one that's strong. She's empowered. She is no nonsense. She holds a great sword while you're at a door. Um, who is your inspiration while you're playing? Wow. That's a really good question. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to ask me what inspired, and I had the whole answer right <laughs> from a book that I read, blah, blah, blah. Well, that could be your inspiration, too. Who's that character? It, it's usually, that's what I'm thinking of the book I read. Uh, last year, it was called, I believe, Trail of Lightning. It was written by a Native American. It's kind of dystopian in nature where global warming hit. And the world flooded, but the Navajo Nation survives. But the problem with that was they survived, but their old legends of demons and goblins come to life. And this character in the book is basically like a hunter of them. And that's where mm. I derived uh, Sasham from. Really good book. Trail of Lightning. <laughs> Find it on Amazon. It's really, really good. It's going to be a trilogy. Ooh. Most of the time, I think of her. Awesome. And yeah, another question, cool. because she is strong, she is empowered, she is no nonsense. Absolutely. So I want you to take Sasha into 2019. What kind of job do you think she would have? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if she was in 2019, Senator. I was going to say, oh! say nice. the same thing, that she would be lobbying for reversing global warming. Or nice. She would be fighting I was going to say bouncer. <laughs> Side job. <laughs> now, you see, that's a man's thing. Absolutely. Yeah, all physical. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but senator for the Green Party. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Very, very nice. Indeed. Okay. Victoria. Oh. Ember is a very smart character. She asks a lot of really great, great questions. Um, Ember has the opportunity to ask someone in 2019 a question. Who is it? And what is the question? Wow. Okay, so I cheated and read your questions before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and I've been thinking about this for the last day, and I don't know. I really don't know. So I think at this moment, I'm going to say, I will ask anybody, do you want to play D&D? Because <laughs> I think that this game, not to sound super, super corny, I'm not trying to do that, but this game really does give you so many tools. One, you got to read this book, right? You got to do a lot of math. I mean, that's just two things right there. It keeps your mind active. It keeps you, your imagination active. It keeps so much going on. So, like, other than getting super political and saying I would go to, you know, what's his name and say, how What's his name? You? Where he is. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, like, other than going that route, I would say, I would ask anybody, hey, like, are you ready to... to to do something more fun with your life mm. and, you know, be open-minded and stop being so close-minded. Nice. Essentially mm -hmm. where I would nice. with it. I've decided. Great point. Laura. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Umbra is unique. She seems to be the most lighthearted character among the group. She goes from shoveling food in her face at the doctor's house and having a tendency to put herself into some sticky situations. Um, Tell us more about Umbra and why you decided to take your character in that direction. I wanted to play somebody who was underestimated, as crazy as that sounds. Mm. I wanted, I, I, I had I played a rogue before and she was like a really like super assassin badass. But in this one, I wanted to play somebody who was, um, I, I'm a halfling, so I, I wanted to be small and I wanted that to make her appear that she was, you know, not taken seriously and, and not really valued. And yet at the same time, she could be the first one in and out. She could be stealthy. She could do damage and get back out again. And I just wanted her to be, you know, like, uh, it's difficult to explain. So I named her, um, her nickname in the aviary is Black Heron because that is a bird that um, is underestimated it's one that can sneak and hide and can spring traps and you know fish fall forward and then they get to eat and that kind of thing and I just liked that idea um, Umbra is uh, the shadow <laughs> in Latin and I just wanted her to be sneaky and stealthy but you know also be like a little bit more lighthearted and she could be you know just fun and you know really just do her own thing because she doesn't care <laughs> you know um she's just going her own way and you know she kind of falls in with these guys and you know she's just riding it out to see you know she, she's in it for the adventure rather than like for a specific mission or cause yeah awesome who knows the shadow knows the shadow grandma your character seems to be one that's all about justice and doing the right thing. If your character could stand up to against an injustice in 2019, oh what would it be oh and God. why? You oh. have asked like a major question right now. Put on my seatbelt. I'm struggling for this one. Just so the podcast family knows, her children have slapped themselves in <laughs> and they are waiting for the fire. I, I really have to hold myself back because the political climate in 2019 <laughs> if no one opens their mouth for the injustices that are being done now then you might as well, might as well go stick your head in a hole in the ground 
I can't go on because I think I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> well well said. Well Very well said. said. Well said. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're shaking it. She's she right there, man. I can't. I can't. The yeah. table that just... That was restrained. You might want to check your table. It might have a tent. No, no, um, I, I can't. That was restrained. <laughs> that was yes. restrained. Wow, that really was. They thought I was going to... No, I wouldn't. <laughs> it, it was short, but it was very powerful. It was short, but powerful. Thank you. So, Vin, going That's to you right. now. So, I, I want you to give some DM advice for fledgling DMs out there. Do you have to be a seasoned player to be a DM? Is studying enough to be an effective DM? Like, what, what kind of advice do you give to somebody that's like, man, I think I want to run, but I'm not sure? Do you have to be a seasoned player? No, you don't. It helps. I won't deny that. It does help if you have some playing experience under your belt. Uh, but it's not necessary. For DMs who want to do it, do it. Just do it. Start writing the game. The only way you're going to get better is by doing it. Anyone who says, you know, oh, I really can't, you know, I did, no, you, yes, you can. You get in there and do it. There is no, one of the things I love about uh, D&D is it says right there in the rule book is that the rules are suggestions. You know, it's, so you don't know all the rules? I don't know all the rules. I, I wish I could keep a tally of the things I get wrong throughout the course of the session. But uh, if your story is there, your players aren't going to notice just if you have a group that you trust and is willing to go down that road with you and come along on the journey, just do it. Start writing. Look up the look up monsters you want and build stories around them. Um, that's, oh, that's, I mean, it sounds like a cop out answer, but the only thing I can think of is just, yeah. just start it's doing it. Answer. If you want to run, run. Just start doing it. That's an awesome answer. So this is to everybody, um, every single person at this table. All right. I want you to get into your imagination for just a minute. Wow. And into our character or just our imagination? Um, as yourself. As, as yourself, myself. but oh. thinking about your character. Okay. As yourself, but thinking about your character or your, your masterness. Your masterdom. Your masterness. <laughs> masterness. Don't make him more pompous than he already is. It's a word, I swear. A challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Scrabble. Um, I want you to imagine that I have just gifted all of you with the ability to come out with one item of merch. Mm. So one item of merchandise. Okay. For your character that represents your character. I want you to tell me what that item of merchandise is and what does it say. A coffee mug that says, don't rules lawyer me. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely what my merch would be. 100%. (laughs) I want a lighter with little angel wings on one side. And on the other side, I want it to say, I want to flame on. (laughs) (laughs) like a zippo lighter with angel wings on one side and i would like to flame on <laughs> lord, lord. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of yours okay oh denise has something i think i got it if i could is to have a picture frame with a drawing of the family that i no longer have um. so that can i always carry it with me very cool. So that would wow. be that would be the merch that you'd make. Yes, nice. the picture frame, and then and if I had the picture to put it in, because I am the last of my kind. Mm. Okay. Aww. That's deep. Wow. That's, that's deep. really it's deep. Yeah. I'll have a tree trunk engraved with the names of my teammates. Oh, that's, nice. that's sweet. I like that. 
That's very sweet. That's Might be expensive to produce. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be happy with red what? wigs. <laughs> oh, red wigs. Red wigs. <laughs> Get your tall wigs. All right, Grandma. I'm thinking at the yeah, end of, um, <laughs> and there will be blood. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. She's going to shake. You want to shake? I'm going to shake Maria. Milkshake. Yeah. I'm saying you are milkshakes. <laughs> I like chocolate. I think it, it just hit me because of what I'm going to say sounds like it. And there something that I can put on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's on the back of it. It will be. And there will be justice. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Jeez. Oh, that's good. Nice. That's terrifying good. at times. Are you going to see an FBI van? <laughs> 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 if I continue to talk, I think I will. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do you think, Laura? What would Umbra put out? Um, I think it would be a black sweatshirt with a hood. Mm. Um, where on the back would be like um like bird wings like these like you know mm. delicately drawn like black bird wings and underneath it it would just i don't know exactly the quote but it'd be something like you know something about the smallest can be the mightiest or something like along those lines oh, yeah. wow oh, nice I like that. that's yeah. nice cool. I wow I was say the shadow knows the shadow knows. what knows? <laughs> all right taking it on a much lighter note yeah because man i've been throwing some doozies and shit just like seeing your face is like, oh. <laughs> um, so there's there's a song out in the universe that states that all of you are sitting around a table eating Funyuns and drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it exists. It's D&D. That's the one. But I want to know, what are some of your favorite snacks for D&D? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. That's not a snack, Vin. <laughs> I mean, as of even today, you know we're very big on Tostitos and salsa. Big time, yeah. Tostitos. And that went, right? But it's hard with the podcast because we can't munch as much as we you know, used to. We used to snack used on to. fruit. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of snacks on yeah. fruit. I would do dips. That's I made hummus. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Lots of snacky the stuff. Bagels and donuts and uh, bagels, yeah. always bagels and donuts in the morning. Yeah. You guys, when you cooked your eggs or that uh, the, 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 the yeah the French toast. Oh, the French oh, toast, the French toast, French pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Normally for dinner, I mean, the last year or two that we were we've been playing, I've cooked dinner. But with the podcast, it's just so difficult because I can't really be away from the table. I miss so much, so we've been ordering. But um, prior to that, like, we would do all sorts of different things. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I, I, a snack, a traditional snack food, like chips, I, I don't think anything beats Tostitos. We yeah. always have Tostitos. Yeah. Any kind of potato chips. And I think they should give we us royalties now for, for, for <laughs> promoting it. We had a long run of Doritos. Yes. We did. A lot of Doritos, too. Yeah. Especially in our other game. It, every, every time we sat down, we had to have Doritos. It was like a thing. So, I mean, I guess we're a little stereotypical in that. Ain't nothing wrong with Funyuns and Mountain Dew, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll eat some Funyuns. So, this question is open up to anybody. Uh, what is your favorite spell or move, and why? Counterspell. <laughs> Counterspell. As I, I've always said, I think Counterspell is the strongest spell in the game because we cast it high enough, it shuts off any other spell. And as a DM, I love it when a player's about to drop a monster, and I'm like, no, you're not. 
<laughs> Counterspell. That sucks. <laughs> does. Mine oh, would, oh, I'm sorry. Mine would have to be the Thunder Wave. Because that's the first one I think I saw beginning when I started playing the game. Yeah. And I, it, it shocked me when my son said this. And this, and you got 35, I think it was 35? It was 34 on five different people, so you got like 110. Yeah, he said, forget it, you know, and I did the Thunder Wave. Mm. That was very rewarding. (laughs) 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 I think that's probably why my favorite spell is Fireball, because it was the first one that I ever cast that I just decimated with, and I went, oh my god. God, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. So, yeah, I gotta go with Fireball on that one. I like e- either my character that was the Ranger or the one I have now, where you get to the certain level where you can do the two actions. Mm. Oh, you know, like the two arrows, or soon, I hope, with the sword, I can go swing twice. I, I always like that, and I'm still learning the spells, but I kind of dig in the chromatic orb. Mm. When it works, it works really one. cool. It's a good one. Yeah, I like it. It's versatile. Yes. Uh, my first character, T-Rex, uh, I had gotten a special sword and along with my great master. Great weapon master. master yeah, yeah, I was, oh, yeah, you I had was fun with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was rolling so 19s and 20s, and it was just like even my damage was... Uh, actually, oh, my wrong. damage yeah. was... Kill- Oh, yeah, like in the 50s sometimes. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, he was, he was like, like, why am I here? <laughs> 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 oh, he's critting on 19. Oh, okay, this is awesome. Okay, so we're doubling the... Di- oh, great weapon master, too. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add another 15 on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, was the sword? what was the sword that I had got? Oh, yeah, the moon blade. blade. The moon blade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Right? Yeah, here's a plus two weapon. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. For me, and it, I guess it's more of like, um, it's not a spell, but I mean, of course you're going to have a fireball. I mean, it's just amazing to be able to drop that damage. But um, what I really like from my other character was I had a Mace of Terror. Mm. And when I had no spell slots, when I had nothing, I would just stand up and hold it in the air and say, get off my train. And it was amazing. I got rid of like... Groups, like a mob of people were coming at us, and I'd be like, No, you're not. And they would turn around and just run away, and I'd go, "Uh, uh, 30. uh, uh, It was uh, 30 bandits, and 28 failed their saves. (laughs) (laughs) How the hell did that happen? Oh, yeah, exactly. I was asking myself the same question. (laughs) And I think they were in the alleys, remember? That's right. They were surrounded, and I just said, No, not today. And they just dispersed. He hated it so much. Talk about frustration. <laughs> I that terror. Oh, I hated that Mace of Terror. He regretted giving it to me. <laughs> so Valentine's Day is coming up. And your character is about to send out some Valentines. That's what? really out of character for her. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go yeah. on. For a character who would like to eat children. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> I never No, that's only kidding. What what, kidding. what is the Valentine and what is the enclosed message? <laughs> I'm gonna go first because mine yeah, is go depressing. Ahead. I have to think about that. <laughs> mine is depressing. You think it does? I'm gonna I think I'm gonna send uh, a Valentine to my husband's and essentially say, like, I've never forgotten. 
I've never forgotten you, and I'm gonna send it. So is it a little card? Is it like a a, a, a card? A toe? What is it? A toe? You never know. No, I need all my toes. No, I need all my toes. It's just a little card. Nice. I never forgot you. And I don't know if it's gonna get to him. No, I haven't forgotten him. Okay. I think it's your Valentine, though. I am so excited to hear this one. <laughs> it's a, it's bittersweet, but I think what Sasha would do is just go off on her own, either to the forest or the desert or wherever she is, find a clearing, light a fire, and I think just meditate and think about her people who are gone. Mm, I like it. Yeah, nice. there's really not much more she can do. She, I don't think she would want to do anything more than that. Very nice. I think for me, mm-hmm. if my family's still alive after they threw me out because they, I came from, I came from, f- from money, and I fell in love with somebody who wasn't from money, I would send them a note and say, "Still living the life." Happy Valentine's Day. Hashtag savage. Damn. Why isn't it a Valentine? It's supposed to convey your love to another person. It's not supposed to be like. That's my love. That's (laughs) (laughs) just so you know. uh, Victoria just put up a a a savage middle finger, saying it's not supposed to do that. And Grandma said, "Mm, "That's my love." (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love this cast so much, and I hope you are loving them as much as I am. I don't have a character, but I think the Lord Baron would send the entire group a valentine and say, thinking of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. And I would burn every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking of our next. Tor or Umbra, what would your valentines be and what would they say? Um, I think mine would just be, because I, I kind of gave her this lonely backstory where, you know, she doesn't really have people to miss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I think she's probably only really attached to, you know, I would say Wendell, you know, like I think that Aww. like, just because they're both in the group together, they're both aviaries and she just kind of was like, oh, you're the one who's been sending me all the notes and sending me out and like just to have an attachment to him. I think she would send him just like more of like a little, not like a love note, but like a thank you, Valentine. Like and thinking like with, of like you? A, yeah. Like, like a uh, Palantine? Yeah, like a Palantine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That is cute. Like, you're my bud, man. Yeah, okay. I like I, it. I do too. Yeah. Tor, please say lock of hair. Please say lock of hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna lose his powers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, I have no attachments. Um, I'm with the the group I'm with, and I'm hanging with such. So for now. <laughs> pile of rocks to Sashim. Yeah, yeah, it's pile of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Pile of rocks. Yeah. Aww. Okay. <laughs> there's a pile of rocks in the floor. Like, what yeah, the hell yeah, is this? <laughs> <laughs> Clean this up. Twist my ankle. <laughs> I won't poo-poo. Okay. <laughs> so this is a little bit of a hard question because oh, hey. we all get so emotionally whoa 
Yeah. People are like, oh. Um, we all get so emotionally invested in our characters. If your main character, the character you're playing right now, was to die. Oh, boy. Many times, right? Do you come to game with a backup? And DM, do you have backup plans in place? Yeah, I can kill them all. <laughs> well. <laughs> I no. never had a character. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I've never had a character die, die. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like every, I, I've gotten close to almost dying. Mm. I've been up and down with hit points. I've been all over the place, mm. but I've never had a character die, die. And I, I actually, I think I would have a really, really hard time with it. Like right now, this little goblin killed me. Really? You know what I mean? Like my story's not done. You know, you want mm. that hero's ending. So I think for me, I don't really have a backup with me on the off chance yeah. but I have ideas of course you always have like that dream of the idea of your next character like you mm. know I think the next time I want to go I want to do a rogue and I want to be a um a cat I'm excited for that pirate mm. that's my next character <laughs> so anybody else do you come to game with already having just in case your 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 break glass in case of emergency character well we had another game prior to this one so, that character's basically fully formed, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't work well because the character's a sorcerer, so mm. it's, we're not, we need something. Yeah. Um, I would be very sad, and I think I would wear black for a month <laughs> if I lost, lost Sashim. Maybe that's what I'll do during the weeks before our next meeting is to start, <laughs> you know, just in case, get another character going. Chancy. Just in case. I don't think any of us think of us dying in the game, so it's a very good question. Mm. You know? I hope um, I do. Thanks, Grandma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I we, all, we all think we're invincible, and we're going to continue. I have some ideas that I think would leave them all with their mouths open because I haven't shared it. It's just mm -hmm. something that yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mind, mm -hmm. imaginary, I've put down on, on paper at home. That would be amazing. But I do have a backup. Oh, mm. you do. Good. Good. Wow. I have a backup plan, too. Nice. Nice. DM, are you hearing all this? So DM, There's you backups can kill that one? <laughs> <laughs> you can kill that one. But this is off the record. Yes, yeah. it's off the record. He doesn't know anything. Sorry, earmuffs. Earmuffs. Umbra, do you have a backup? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you hear that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I actually don't. I think um, I think I get really invested in my characters and bring them mm. along. And for me to distract from that by, like, what would happen if they died, it's not something I, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I just, yeah, right I just, you. I just like to focus on them and developing them. And if one of them died, I would give them their proper morning period before I would start to <laughs> develop the next one I think but um but honestly where I would where I get my ideas for like the next character is really playing with this group of people I see what they mm. do and I'm like oh, oh I want to I want to try that or I really like you know oh. I think my inspiration for this character was mostly taken from Anthony's T-Rex character as in like I wanted to pick something that like actually fought because I just really thought it was so cool how he went in and attacked things you know and then and I think that uh, you just have to you know um, give everything like it's time to develop and then you know something goes wrong you know start again awesome 
So this is for everyone. How do you feel the game has changed you as people, and do your characters help you through real life? Oh, wow. Definitely Sasham helps me. How so? I, I think whatever aggravates me in real life, work mostly, the stress there, I could take it out in the game. Nice. I think so. She takes on what I can't do. Have you been changed because of the game? Overall, you mean like the other characters I've played or just... Just D&D &D in general. I think that it has helped me have an outlet. Nice. For my... Uh, for stress, when I'm pissy, and it's all out there, and basically no one gets hurt. Except in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think it's made me... Uh, that's how it made me. What do you think, Anthony? Same question. Are you at all changed because of the game, and do your characters help you through real life? Actually, yeah. It, uh, I think more what I want to do as far as working a, a situation, so especially something that I, I don't know at work or whatever. You know, use my imagination, work outside the box, not do the typical things a manager would do, but probably try to go outside the box. Of course, I can't kill anybody. Or, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, smash, well, you rush, could. And, uh, well, 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 yeah, but that's HR. But I think it's, it, help, it helps me. I'm a, a team player. Um, not, I, I like to help. I notice with, with the group characters I, 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 I pick, I know. I notice. I do a lot more strategizing. Now, what what am I going to do, and how am I going to help or include the team? It's it helps answer. me with my imagination. It's a great answer. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Victoria, what do you think? Same question. I have a ton to say on it. I mean, if you want to talk D and D in general, like it helps with a creative outlet for writing and for creating different things. You know, Vin and I have talked about this, and I'm sure he's going to touch upon this, but for me, you know, you have so many stories in your head, and I've never been a writer, but this allows me to get it out, and I've always said it, I've even said it to you, Kristen, I've said it where, like, you're not just putting your imagination to paper for yourself, keeping it private. You're letting your imagination out there and sharing it with people. You're actually creating something different. And you're allowing people into your mind. So, like, even, like, you know, Tor's character or, or Denise's character. And, you know, yeah, okay. Like, we always joke with Denise as herself is always a grumpy person, you know. But now her character is very different. And it's like... That's what Denise's imagination has brought to the table. What does mine? What does Laura's? What does mom's? And it's actually fascinating that we all still work together well. And it also allows us to like really develop and create and be together. And it's so fascinating. So for me, it's like take aside all of those other things that we've already discussed. Getting together with family, being there. This is actually allowing your imagination to include more than just yourself. Awesome. Ben? Victoria and Crixus are my greatest stress relievers. Aside from them, nothing helps with the relief of stress and anxiety more than writing. I have never found a creative outlet like this. Whereas, because even if I start one story 
and I come up with another one. That doesn't mean I have to abandon this one. I can connect them. This one can go over here, or this one can go over here. And so the writing never stops, and there is no word that I can sufficiently find in the English language to describe the feeling of putting your world and your story out there and watching your family bring it to life in front of you. I, it, there is no word. The word has not been created in our vocabulary to describe what that feels like. It's the only thing that comes close is magical. It's it's that, that magical moment when the story's connecting and the, your players are making that connection and the fact that your players are your family. It's indescribable. Great answer, Mara. Um, I think for me it just starts with quality family time. Is how it's affected me like personally the game it's given me an opportunity to you know you're not just gonna hang out with your family and sit on the couch and all stare at the television you know you're not you're not you you know you're actually spending time with them but in a quality way where you are engaged and talking and collaborating Mm. and problem solving together Mm. and laughing together and having these stories to share um it's just it's just a truly quality experience with people that you love. And um, so that's how it's definitely changed my life um, for the better. And uh, yeah, it's just something I value. And what's great is, is that we've been able to commit to it as a group. And mm-hmm. so at the second it ends, you're, you have time to look forward to the next session and then look forward to the next one after that. It's become like an ongoing you know, thing to, to constantly have and look forward to. Awesome. Grandma, best for last. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mm. Um, if I could incorporate a lot of the stuff that's already been said, I will. You know, Denise, very valid things, Victoria, Anthony, we all did. Uh, and I'd like to incorporate that in my comment. For me personally, all of that and the feeling of um, uh, confidence, maybe, the assurance in my daily life that what I say or what I'm doing is correct, mm. no matter what's around you, mm. no matter what negativity is around you, saying that, or oh, this or the other, you know what you're doing, you know what you're saying, and you know that you're correct. Nice. And that's what I can say. Good answer. You've expressed that to me and expressed that to me in the past, like how it's growing in confidence in your daily life you make actions that you normally wouldn't be so easily right. to right like you wouldn't make your normal actions it's a ne- it's easier yeah you know that like you, you're much more confident absolutely yeah and you know you're talking I, I have a lot of years on all of you and it doesn't matter because I'm old school I was raised old school I can't say I'm old school now but I was raised old school so your mentality is old school until wait oh there's a door opening what's behind this freaking door let me oh it's another world how about that (laughs) so and i and i find that to me that's amazing you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're going down another corridor oh another door let's see what this is and i attribute it to of course uh my children of course to this game and of course, to all the love that's on this table, 
That's a wonderful that we have for answer. Yes, and if you could see it, everybody is holding hands and hugging. I believe there's Kumbaya being sung faintly in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have my very, very last question. Oh. <laughs> the way you preface that, it's like... <laughs> so, according to some, D&D is still that unspoken nerd game that you play in someone's basement. How do you think your show is helping to break that stigma? That's the whole point of our show. That's the reason I'm post. I decided to take this public, and the reason I decided to start the podcast is to break the stereotype. Um, it all started. I tweeted the video of the story my mother told a little while ago, the Thunder Wave incident. We actually got video of that, and it's a gr- you know this. You saw the tweet. Oh, that's right. And. Um, <laughs> It's this really great moment where mom realizes the damage she did, and she's like, cheers! Ah, that got us 2,000 Twitter followers, just that alone. And um, once Geek and Sundry picked us up, then the Twitter exploded. But um, that was when I started realizing, I, I, I think, not just for the sake of that I'm proud of my family for doing this, I think this is something the world needs to see more of. Mm-hmm. It's a family who's playing this together, different, all different age brackets, all different... Um, in a lot of ways, different backgrounds. And this is as far away from the stereotype of D&D as you can get. Mm-hmm. The, you know, oh, and absolutely. I think this is exactly what I am envision us portraying to the world. It's mm-hmm. like, no, this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody can sit down at this table. All you need is a pencil, a pad, and an imagination, and you can go down this road with us, and you can experience the magic of this. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I mean... For me, I think the stereotype is so real still, and it's very yeah. It's still it's still I think it's so real in the world because <coughs> even people like I work with, I it's difficult to explain. I'm gonna go play D and D with my family. What's that? What is that? I don't even tell people. Yeah, it's difficult to explain, and I wish there was some sort of very quick way to say it. Because you'll say, oh, it's role-playing. Oh, like, you're going to go in the woods and, like, role-play? Like, stop saying it with yeah, that face, so you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, like, you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. You're 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 assuming that it's this very negative, very nasty thing, and I... I I really dislike that, and I try my best to, like, in my world around who I live with, is try to convince people that it isn't a negative thing. It's an amazing thing. It's actually really helpful in all the ways that we've described multiple times now. And, like, just trying to get people in it and just try to help people understand. And Vin's actually been an incredible advocate for that, getting our friends into it, getting coworkers, getting people who are anxious to play. How many games are we in right now? Eight? Six? Uh, I am personally DMing three. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> two others outside of this, and I'm a player in two other campaigns. Yeah. So. Monthly games. <laughs> like, because we have uh, so many D&D. people. <laughs> we have so many people that we are anxious to share our journey with. And I think that it's very down to earth, and we break the stereotype with Sorry, everybody. We all have full-time jobs. We all bust our butt during the week, and we all live the life of D&D at the same time. It's possible. It's you possible. can do it. Of yes. course it is. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Like, well, you know, I, I, all I could say is to anybody out there who is listening, 
I, I'm going to end with the same thing I said, try it. Mm. Because it does change you. It does change you. you. If you want, they change. You know, just try it. You have nothing to lose. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that's where we're actually going to end it. Try it, you'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> just a message of positivity and trying it and get yourself out there and do something that might be outside your wheelhouse and make it happen. I just want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me sit at this table. Um, just for all of the podcast listeners. Yes, they are as beautiful and amazing as you think they are just the best group of people you could possibly think of. (laughs) If you haven't done so already, please, please subscribe. This is a great campaign to listen to, especially if you're in your car like me and you're in traffic, this is something that will get you through. So I I highly recommend, please subscribe if you're just look, uh, listening for the very first time and you never know. Maybe I'll come back and see you all again. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, guys. The family that games together would like to take a moment to thank some of our sponsors. Masterofthegameproject.com, a blog dedicated to learning more about our favorite hobby, specifically the people who create the adventures that us gamers love to play. The Deck of Many, making quick reference cards for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, including weapons, NPCs, monsters, and spells, among others. Pre-order your animated spell cards today at deckofmany.com. Tabletop Loot, some of the best quality and best price dice that we at the Family That Games Together have ever seen. Find them at tabletoploot.com. One can never have too many dice. And the Nerd Asylum, a group of amazing people playing a wonderful campaign called the Autumnford Chronicles. Check them out at thenerdasylum.com. To find out more about becoming a sponsor for the family that games together, head over to our Patreon at the D&D Grandma on Patreon. A pledge of just $1 a month gets you access to Patreon-exclusive content, including interviews with the players, narrated fanfiction, and other goodies. Thank you for listening, and keep on rolling.